What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. What a fucking win. Seriously, what a fucking win. Sorry for the language. Excuse my French, but I'm going to do a couple of victory laps here. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Welcome to another edition of the It's Cavalier podcast. It's your boy, Mac. Man, tonight you could not have started the season in any better fashion. A wild game, a wild finish in Brooklyn. Cavs winning by the score of 114-113. And we got to see a lot of shit tonight, man. We got to see Struess. As y'all all sitting here saying, the Struess is loose. Yes, this motherfucker dropping threes everywhere. Just looking like the sharpshooter we all knew that he could be. Hit uh, the most... Most triples in a Cavalier debut ever, I believe that's what they said. Seven on his way to, I believe, 27.12 rebounds and two assists with a steal and a block on nine of 17 from the field, seven of 13 from three-point range, two of two from the line. What more can you ask for from a guy like Max Struess, who you, a lot of people were complaining about, hey, this is our prize free agent acquisition. This is our prized uh, the prize acquisition in the offseason. Well, yes, this is what the fuck you can do for you. So I hope you guys got a good taste of that. And there's a lot more of that to come. Um, you know, obviously, there's a few caveats to throw in there. We don't quite know what things are going to look like once Jared Allen comes back. We don't know how much spacing is going to be out there. But I must say, I enjoyed what I saw. Um, Evan Mobley playing some minutes at the five. Got kind of an odd lineup tonight with Darius Garland uh, Donovan Mitchell, Max Struess, Isaac Okoro starting uh, once more, and then Evan Mobley at the five. And speaking of Isaac Okoro, I just want to say to all these fans out here, all these people are saying, well, we don't see any improvement from Isaac Okoro. Isaac Okoro is still bricking shots. Isaac Okoro is still hitting shots off the backboard. Guess what? It's not just the three-point shooting that he brings to the table. It's never been that. Guy's been pigeonholed and placed into a spot since day one where the Cavs penciled him into the position of three and D wing, playing out of position. And guess what? He played out of position tonight, and he excelled. I, if you don't see the improvement, and I'm sorry, people accuse me of being a fanboy of Okoro. He's 22 fucking years old. Let that shit sink in. He is 22 years old. Not everybody's development is linear. People are not going to excel and grow at the same rate. Now, I know we live in a society that's, I want it now. I want everything now. Everything's microwave. That's just not the, the, the way that everybody develops, honestly. Some people are late bloomers. And uh, tonight, Isaac Okoro at least showed what he can bring to the table. 18 points, six boards, four assists. He was really moving the ball pretty well whenever he was attacking closeouts. And that's something that I think we all wanted to see out of him, a little bit more aggression. And you saw that tonight. Six of 10 from the field, two of four from three-point range, four or five from the line, one block, two steals. What more can you ask of this guy? 
seriously, what more does Isaac Coral have to do to get a little more respect from fans? Yes, he has consistency issues. A lot of times he'll have a game like this and then he'll follow it up with a game that's a little more on the lackluster side, but he, <clears throat> excuse me, he is in a contract year. He's motivated. He has less pressure to space the floor on with all the perimeter spacing around him now. Isaac Coro is probably going to give us his best season yet from an impact standpoint. Now, the one thing that I maintain, the one thing that I'll keep saying is you don't quite know what it's going to look like from a statistical standpoint each night for Isaac Okoro, but he is going to be impactful. He's going to give you good minutes when he's out there. Maybe he's not the wing or the, you know, the three of the future for the Cavs, but he's he's a damn good player, a damn good role player to have. Let and, And to this, I'm just going to say this one last thing before I move on. So fucking what if he was drafted at fifth overall? People need to let that shit go. Just let it go. It was in a weird draft. The evaluation of those players in that draft, it was all over the place. That's why you see some of these guys who were drafted later on in the draft receiving these massive deals. And, and, you know, people missed on a lot of these guys. Your Desmond Baines, your Tyrese Halliburton, players like that. Who the fuck cares? Yes, he was drafted that high, but that doesn't mean he can't be a valuable players, uh, a valuable player. Uh, just like uh, Black Shook says down here, 10 points a game from a Coro any day. And he's perfectly capable of giving you that. It just depends upon how the Cavs are going to allow him to operate. Is he going? Obviously, he's going to be off ball as you know, he's been that way for most of his career. But as long as he's attacking out in transition with this fast paced offense now, and he's not afraid to pull, uh, you know, to pull whenever there there's not a defender around him, or whenever he's left open enough to to, to take a three point opportunity. As long as he's doing those things, he's going to put up points. He's going to be impactful in other ways. And he's still the Cavs' best point of attack defender. Make no mistake, he still does all of these things. So all I all I know at the end of the day is y'all need to put some damn respect on my boy's name because he's not as bad as you guys point him out to be he's just not Isaac Okoro and Max Struess were not the only players to ball out tonight though that distinction goes to Donovan Mitchell as well hit the game basically the game winning triple right (laughs) as I'm sure you guys saw if you follow me on Twitter people are already calling him out for potentially missing a game winning shot man shut the fuck up just (laughs) just just let the guy play let him take the shot. That's what he's there for. You want to close like that. And guess what? He closed the damn deal tonight. He shut the door on the Brooklyn Nets. You'll love to see it. First ga- uh, first Cavs road victory. And I think they said 23 years. 23 years. And yes, tune in sports one. Got that clutch steal. Donovan had four steals tonight. Now, we know that coming into the league, this dude was a noted defender, but he just hasn't quite played out that way um, for the duration of his career. He can play defense. He, he's always had the ability to play defense. And J.B. Bickerstaff, for all the shit that he's taken, the one thing that we know that this man can do is coach up a damn defense. We know that he can get the most out of his players on the defensive end. That's why he can take a guy like Karis LeVert, who, is, who has the intangibles, right? You got the length, but you never quite put on tape the fact that you're a good defender until last season where Karis LeVert became one of the most versatile defenders that the Cavs had. Donovan Mitchell... 
you know, at his size, he's going to be defensively limited in what he can do in terms of impact from a positional standpoint, but he still can be a damn good defender. Pretty, pretty good showing for him tonight on both ends of the floor. You do not win that game if uh, if uh, Donovan Mitchell isn't playing hard on both ends of the floor. We know that's a J.B. Bickerstaff specialty. So I don't I don't know what more you could ask of these guys, man. I'm just I'm so fucking proud of this team. A lot of expectations coming into this season. You didn't have Jared Allen in, you know, in your starting lineup. Dean Wade was ill, so he was out. Uh, you know, and then your rotation is still pretty, pretty deep here. You went nine deep tonight. You, JB played nine. He wasn't kidding. He, he gave guys the opportunity to go out there and impact, you know, impact the game for however long they were out there. And we know it, it was not all sunshine and rainbows. There was a couple of things tonight that I took issue with, i.e. Damian Jones. Um, Damian had what I deemed to be a solid preseason, uh, but obviously – kind of getting pressed into action a little bit more and probably earlier than we would have hoped because obviously Jared Allen and Dean Wade missed tonight's game. So it's for me, Damian Jones put some things on tape or you can look at and say, Hey, you need to fix that. You need to clean that up. Uh, But some of it was, some of it was the refs. I don't know if it was just me and, you know, call it an excuse or whatever, but uh, the whistle just did not feel like it went the Cavs way tonight. Case in point for me is Donovan Mitchell, one attempt from the free throw line. Darius Garland, two attempts from the free throw line. Our, our, our leading charity stripe guy tonight was Isaac Okoro, honestly. <laughs> Five attempts. So the whistle just did not feel like it was going the Cavs way. And 23 personal fouls, 23 personal fouls tonight on the Cavs to the Nets 16. You cannot tell me that some of those were all that, that all of those were good calls because I just honestly don't believe they were. Honestly, it was it, it, it is crazy to me that the Cavs were still able to walk away with victory after. Yes, they were flopping. Yes, tune in sports. They were flopping. <laughs> uh, but it just uh, it just goes to show that sometimes that that style of play and drawing fouls, it just doesn't always work out for you. Right. Cleveland still managed to pull this game out off the back of a good defensive effort when it mattered. And you know what? When you're talking about defense, sometimes Offense is just better. And when I say that, Cam fucking Thomas, 36 points off the Brooklyn Nets bench in 25 minutes. Jeez. It did sometimes it didn't matter who you were throwing at him. It really did not matter which defender was out there. I saw a couple of plays where he just straight up threw the shot up. That shit went in. Pissed me off. But you know, you just tip your cap to that. Uh and obviously Cam Thomas, if you guys want to know crazy stat. Cam Thomas led them in shot attempts tonight off the bench by a pretty wide margin. 21 field goal attempts for Cam Thomas. The next closest player was uh, Michael uh, Michael Bridges with 12. And that's insane to me. And just the level of impact he had from a shot-making standpoint. And, you know, just as an outside observer, I got to say, I really, really hope Cam – uh, Cam gets a good line share of those bench minutes uh, for the Nets as the season goes on, because I'm actually quite the fan of him. I believe that uh, he can be a very, very, very good uh, talent off the bench. And, you know, Cleveland, obviously, 
I guess the most, the closest player that we have to that is Karis LeVert, right? And Karis LeVert is probably a little bit more well-rounded in terms of how he can impact the game. But you just got to tip your cap to a player that's able to score 36 goddamn points off the bench. That's that's just insane to me. Overall, feeling really, really, really good about game one. Um, some things that Cavs obviously have to clean up. But, I mean, in a night where you didn't have your full complement of players around you and you still manage, yeah, dude is definitely a bucket getter. But on a night where you don't have your full outfit, you feel good about this win, especially coming up against a pretty scrappy opponent in the Nets. And, you know, I don't know if they're going to be a playoff threat at all, but what I do know is that they're not going to be an easy out. You know, we saw that in their games last season. Usually it came down to the wire a few times. And I know we we cannot forget Isaac Coral's game winner uh, last year. That was that was probably one of the happiest games or well, happiest moments in the game that I've ever seen and in my life just because i root so hard for the kid but man something about these game winners in in brooklyn right uh donovan mitchell doing it again tonight and isaac okoro coming up big again and you know that's just so many good takeaways but perhaps none bigger than the play of one max struce who again just absolutely lit it up in his time tonight in his uh 39 minutes or so and I got to say, I was highly impressed with the team defense that was played tonight. And Max Struess actually played a very good role in that. Moved around defensively pretty well. Played a lot of zone. Um, you know, was up in guys' face. Uh, yes, Dr. Claw, Max Struess is the real deal. Man, I'm I'm really, 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 really amped about this acquisition. And hopefully to those people, you know, the Jetty Osman fan club, Guys like that, uh, no disrespect to any of them, and no disrespect to Jetty uh, and and Lamar, but that was obviously the right move to make, right? This The guy started on a finals contender last season and had one of the highest contest rates for triples last season in the entire NBA. I believe he was in the seventh percentile for contested triples last year, which, you know, if you're just strictly looking at the three-point percentage, it's still probably damn good that he made 35% of those during the regular season, considering the level of play and level of contest uh, that the defense was throwing at him. And he brought that to the table tonight. And the one thing that I always try to get people to realize in terms of shooting is this not especially perimeter shooting. It's not just the fact that this man can knock down the three. It's the simple fact that he generates gravity, right? He pulls the opposition out of the paint and he allows the drivers guys like Darius Garland, Donovan Mitchell, Karis LeVert to knife inside, you know? So um, Max's gravity is real, right? And we knew that coming into this season, but you just didn't quite know how it would play out. Cause he didn't shoot entirely well in preseason. I think he shot like around 31% in preseason, if I'm not mistaken, but to come out of the gate and knock down seven triples, that's a hell of a start. That'll endear you to the fans. I'll tell you that right now. You know, I already got good news today where um, Cleveland Brown, Miles Garrett bought a minority stake in the Cleveland Cavaliers becoming a um, a brand ambassador. He's endeared himself to Cavaliers fans if he wasn't already. And I myself, you guys know me if you've been following me for a while. I'm not a Browns fan. I'm a Philadelphia Eagles fan. But I got to say, to have the support of another professional uh, ball player that's in the city that's damn cool and it, for a guy to actually buy an ownership stake in that franchise 
that's awesome. That just uh, you know, I'm I'm a fan of uh, of players that invest in the towns that they play in. That's pretty awesome. Uh, I know that was kind of off script there, but to me, the point is he has endeared himself to Cleveland fans and uh, Max Max Struess's performance tonight has done the same thing, right? We don't care what you say. We don't care what the media availability sessions are. We care. (laughs) Yes, you can. Uh, Dr. Claw, you can buy a Miles Garrett jersey from the Cavs shot. I encourage anybody who's a Cleveland Browns fan uh, to go ahead and do that. That's pretty dope. I actually, I might cop one. Every day we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Self. I, I, I bought a couple of things from the Cavs team shop today, so I need to slow it down. But uh, I think I'm going to cop one myself. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, tune in. I heard that. Um, very, very cool. I've never had that happen. Amani, one of the things about Amani Bates is that he's been very, very interactive with Cleveland uh, social media. And, you know, it's not just me, obviously, but I found that to, re- to be really awesome because he actually pulled uh, whoever made that video for him actually pulled a clip from one of my videos. And I thought that was really fucking awesome because you just don't expect to see that until somebody points it out to you. And for me, uh, you guys know me. I've been a big supporter of the kid. I'll continue to do that. I would have liked to see him play tonight, honestly, but, um, you know, probably for the best in this type of uh, environment. That said, uh, yeah, Monty has a real big future. I, I really, really probably going to watch a lot more Cleveland Charge games this season. I hope you guys will, too, to keep an eye on his development. Uh, but, man, this just just goes to show that this team has a bright future ahead of it. And, you know, one of the biggest storylines of this offseason, obviously, was, you know, the Donovan Mitchell extension. And we knew, I mean, Anybody with, you know, with half a brain knew that Donovan Mitchell was not going to sign on the dotted line or, you know, not going to allude to it until he saw how this season played out. And that's honestly from just a from a player standpoint. Right. I can understand that. I I get it. Obviously, we want him to be here long term, but I understand why he might kind of want to see how things are playing out, see what direction we're heading in and whether or not we can take another leap and performances like tonight. When you have the surrounding talent, guys who are not necessarily stars, but role players uh, and showing out and coming up big alongside you, that'll go a long way, in my opinion, in convincing him to stay. Now, obviously, uh, as Black Suge says down here, do you think he'll stay? Honestly, yes, I think he will. Um, I know a lot of the rumors out there that he still prefers to be in New York, and I get that. Um, those rumors are never going to die, right? But the one thing that we can rest assured of is that Cleveland is not going to trade him to New York. And if Donovan has moved at any point in time, if it's if it is well known to the organization, if Donovan alludes to them that he is not long for Cleveland, trust and believe they're not going to send him to New York. They're not going to send him within the conference. They'll trade him out of the conference like most of these big-time stars get. But I say all that. Uh, and at the same time, I truly do believe that Donovan Mitchell will resign here. What will that take, you ask? Well, for me, 
Uh, honestly, I believe it's going to take at the very least a series win and then a very competitive, um, a very competitive second round, if not a second round victory. Right? If if these Cavs get to the Eastern Conference Finals, Donovan Mitchell signing on the uh, on the goddamn line. There's no there's no fucking way you can tell me that the Cavs make it to the Eastern Conference Finals or close to it. Right? Like you take a contender like a Milwaukee or a Boston to seven games. You can't tell me that Donovan Mitchell is not going to resign here. We all, we can offer him the most money. We don't necessarily have location, right? You know, Cleveland is not looked at as one of the glamour destinations of free agency, but shit can change. Players talk. We saw what Kevin Love was able to do in regards to getting Max Struess here. And a lot of people were shitting on Kevin, uh, you know, walking out the door, requesting a buyout. Look, I get it. You know, I, for me, myself, I'm not going to absolve myself here. I thought Kevin Lowe was absolutely done, had nothing left to offer Cleveland, and I was okay with the buyout. Um, and obviously, you know, he got to play in the NBA Finals. Didn't necessarily play well, but he still advanced further than Cleveland did, right? So I'm happy for him. But the parting gift that he gave us was words of wisdom to uh, words of advice and wisdom to Max Struess on Cleveland. Like, it's a good organization. It's a good place to play. So players talk. And the more success that you have in a city, the higher the chances are that you can attract star-level talent. Will you ever be able to compete with the New Yorks, Miamis, the Los Angeleses of the world? Probably not. We're a small ball club, right? Small team, small market, whatever you want to say. But in my opinion, this still represents the best place for him the best opportunity to grow alongside you know and i say that i say that very loosely because donovan mitchell is obviously around age 27 um you know he's getting ready to hit his athletic prime but when you when you're looking at situations like where's the most room for improvement who is going to be hitting that uh contender status in the next couple of seasons if not this season it's cleveland Cleveland offers him the best chance to succeed when you look around the current landscape. Uh, you know, so I think he will end up signing on the dotted line. But again, performances like tonight where you're able to beat another pretty competitive team in the Brooklyn Nets, that can go a long way in convincing him to stay. But I get those questions are not going to uh not gonna die anytime soon. They're frankly, they're not gonna go away until he signs on the dotted line or says he wants out. But that's a story for another day, right? That's not going to happen this season. You know what else is not going to happen this season? An Isaac Okoro rookie scale extension. (laughs) Um, You know, for me, I got to say, I think the Cavs and Okoro probably should have gotten a deal done then. Um, You know, if Isaac has routine performances like this or if if they're consistent enough that uh, that he'll actually – look good in next year's free agency class um teams are going to be throwing offer sheets at him feel however you want about that maybe you disagree with me maybe you don't but i honestly believe that that could come back to bite them in the butt probably a gamble worth taking though because obviously with so much money tied up in some of these other contracts you know you still have donovan mitchell obviously on the books you have the uh the darius garland extension uh, which is starting to look like a bargain, right? Considering some of the deals that have been handed out the last couple of seasons. My gosh. Um, you still got Jared Allen on the books. Karis Avert just got a good, nice size deal. You just signed Max. Uh, you know, George is on the books. You got a plan for the eventual Evan Mobley Max contract. 
which apparently, according to Spencer Davies, uh, can only be a four-year deal because you still have the two rookie max uh, rookie max extensions on the books in Darius and Donovan. Uh, but I say all that to say that it was a gamble worth taking, I suppose. I just hope it does not come back to bite them in the ass if Okoro does have a breakout season. Um, obviously, he got a ton of minutes tonight. I believe he played 32. But it remains to be seen if that's going to be a consistent thing all season. Probably not because, obviously, the big guy out there, Jared Allen, missed tonight's game. Um, Dean Wade, although I believe Dean Wade was probably – uh, probably not going to be included within the initial rotation to begin with, but he still is a guy that JB could have thrown some minutes to out there. How do you want to give a little bit of a change up at the backup four, backup five? Um, and speaking of the backup four, I would be remiss if I did not at least touch on the game that George Niang had. 20 minutes tonight, went scoreless, four rebounds. That's it. 0-3 from the three-point line. And we know the book on Max uh, – not Max Drews. The book on George Niang is that he has five straight seasons of shooting 40% or above from beyond the arc, which is obviously one of the reasons why we signed him. He can space the floor. He can give you minutes at the power forward spot. He did that tonight. He gave you 20, but he went scoreless. Um, I don't think he's going to have too many nights like that, to be honest with you. But, again, uh, like I was saying earlier, it's not just about the fact of whether or not you knock down a shot or not. It's about the threat of it, right? It's about can you generate gravity? Obviously, he can do that. Yeah, um, I do too. Black Shug says, I think Niang will be fine. Just a rough night. Yeah, it happens. You know, um, we, we saw that happen a couple of times in the preseason with Darius and Donovan Mitchell on different nights. Um, obviously you don't want that to happen on a regular basis, especially in the regular season, but I think he'll be fine. He only took three attempts tonight. Right. And some of the attempts just didn't look like his typical shot. Like we know he's very comfortable in the corners, which is obviously a spot where you want Isaac Okoro to be very, very impactful from. Uh, but for Niang, a guy who can shoot that with a little lot more volume than Okoro, you want him to knock down those shots, obviously. But again, it's not just about knocking them down. It's about generating gravity. It's about the very threat that the defense has to actually pay attention to you out there. And you didn't have that necessarily for most of the season last year, especially after Kevin Love was gone, right? And Dean Wade could not step in and fill his shoes. You know, the AC joint sprain kind of ruined his season. Um Really interested to see what he looks like when he comes back uh, because Dean actually had an unbelievable uh, preseason uh, when you're talking about shooting. Um, shot above 50% from three-point range this past preseason, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and again, I don't, I don't truly believe he'll be included in the, the rotation in the early part of the season, but I do believe that he can give you good minutes when called upon, when healthy. But yeah. I mean, pretty solid night all around. Um, don't have too many complaints. Only thing I can really harp on is the Damian Jones minutes. But I think he'll clean that up. Only got 11 tonight, I believe. Fouled uh, a couple of people. But I do believe that that was more so some of the refs not really giving us good calls. But, I mean, it, it happens. Just one game. First game of the season. The one thing that I will say is that I'm surprised that Ty Jerome only got six minutes tonight. And he had a nice floater out there. That's one of the things I've noticed about him is that, you know, it's not just his ability to space floor two, but he actually has a really nice floater, guys. And he plays well defensively. 
you had a, a really nice stop uh, earlier, but six minutes tonight, I wasn't quite expecting that. I, you know, Lavert played 31 minutes off the bench. Niang got 20. Jones got 11. Jerome only got six. Curious to see how that plays out all season long. And obviously he was the ninth man. And we know, jeez, my voice is going out. Um, we know that he is his minute totals will be up and down like the rest of this bench unit because it's going to be entirely dependent upon what you need out of them. Because basically, Levert is almost like a sixth starter out there. Um, and he didn't play too well tonight from a shooting standpoint. 11 points, three rebounds, five assists, four of 17 from the field. My gosh. Got to clean that up. Um, suffered from some of the same issues that he did at the start of last season, and that's finishing around the rim. Um, would have hoped to see that kind of uptick a little more to start the season out. But again, just one game, too small of a sample size to be worried about anything. And honestly, too small of a sample size to definitively say anything at all about any of these guys. Um, so before we overreact here and and say that uh, any of these guys is, is a done deal, um, we do have to acknowledge the fact that it is just one game, right? As hype as I am, I understand Isaac Okoro giving you 18, 6, and 4 on 6 to 10 from the field and 2 of 4 from three-point range. That may not be his stat line every single game. But as long as guys are being impactful, as long as it's contributing to wins and not losses, right, I'm okay with it. Um, and we'll monitor these things as the season goes on and we can make a little bit more of a definitive response to some of these things. Like, is Isaac Okoro going to experience a breakout? Is Max Struess the best addition, uh, you know, from this past offseason? Will Evan Mobley take that offensive lead? And, you know, I didn't really say anything about uh, about Evan tonight because 10 points, six boards, uh, you know, 5'11 from the field, two blocks. We had a pretty decent game. But not necessarily something, you know, just 10 points, you would have hoped to see him attack a little bit more. But that was not necessarily something that was required of him tonight. So you live with what you get out of these guys as long as it contributes to a win. Man, I feel I just feel good. Honestly, I, I feel really good about the direction that this team is heading in. Uh, there's not necessarily anything you can tell me right now that will have me feeling down because it was just such a, a wonderful performance. And for Cleveland, you know, you look ahead in the schedule, the team is going to be taking on the Oklahoma City Thunder on Friday. That's going to be a tough matchup because they do prevent some, they do present some size issues um if you don't have jared allen back out there you don't have uh dean wade back out there you're gonna have some difficulties facing off against chet uh you know Jalen williams shy those guys uh, you know and that's not even mentioned josh giddy so looking forward might be a tough matchup on friday but i feel damn good heading into it yes dr claw in closing those coral stats were kind of surprising in retrospect yeah um, did I think he was going to drop 18 tonight? No, I didn't, uh, especially starting and being out of position. But he did what was asked of him, right? He attacked in transition. He drove on, you know, attacked closeouts, knocked down the three when it was provided to him, and he rebounded the ball very well tonight, moved the ball very well too, uh, along with his trademark, you know, stellar point-of-attack defense. So did I expect him to be that impactful? Out of the gate, no.
but I'm very, very excited because I get to say fuck you to some of these people out there keep routinely telling me that Isaac is not improved. And again, yes, I know it's just one game, but uh makes me feel good. It, it validates my uh my praise of him because kids 22. People just are so quick to throw guys off or write them off because they're not stars right out of the gate. Seriously. Um, I, I don't understand it. I never will. You know, I my, my thing that I always say to people is, were you the same person as you are now? If you're like, you know, 30 or above, were you the same person that you were at 22 as you are now? Probably not. At least I hope not. I hope you learned some shit. I hope you developed. Uh, and obviously, basketball, sports, it's way different from a developmental standpoint. But the same rules apply. People develop at different rates. And Isaac Okoro could be another case study in that. If he morphs into a very, very solid 3 and D wing, great for the Cavs. They will retain him. If he does it, you can package him up at a later time. But as of right now... I just don't get why people are so down on the kid. That said, I think that's a good stopping point as we uh, as we take a look at the Oklahoma City Thunder on Friday. Um, but if you want to reach out to me, you know, you can. It's Cavalier underscore. Well, it's Cavalier underscore pod on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, and more if you want to reach out and join the Discord chat. You know what to do. Leave a rating, leave a review. Send a screenshot of said review to itscavalier53 at gmail.com, and I'll send you the invite. That said, thanks for chilling with me tonight, guys. Go Cavs. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.